talk about a situation that not too many people remember or pay attention to in the Bible. And we can see that in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 11 through 12. And after him... Hold on, hold on, hold on, Ryan. I know you're ready. I'm going to let you loose in a minute. Hold on. <laughs> let, me, let me set this up. Ryan's ready to go. Uh, this verse tells us about David's mighty men. These were a group of highly trained soldiers who fought with David and helped him to his victories. Remember what we talked about this morning in the Bible class about going through training, about being able to fight for the Lord. You have to be trained. Amen. Amen. Among these men were three others who, were, who served as David's personal bodyguards. These men, uh, men and their exploits are described in these verses. Now, Ryan, now you go. <laughs> And after him was Shema, mm -hmm. son of Agi, the Herite. The, mm -hmm. the Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Today I want to focus in on one of these three special men. This man's name is Shema. He's described for us as a man who took a stand against overwhelming odds and won a great victory by the help of the Lord. He is a man from whom we can learn much from. The Bible tells us that the Philistines attacked the people of God. When they came, all the people ran away. All that is except one man named Shema. He took a stand in the field of lentils or peas, if you might, and won a great victory. I would like for us to take a few minutes to look at this man, Shema, and what he did just a little closer. He teaches us a lesson that we all need to learn. It is a lesson that I want to focus on. And I want to preach about this lesson and it is entitled Staying in the Pea Patch. Staying in the Pea Patch. There's a, there are three aspects of this story that help us to see that there's time that we have to make a stand. There is a time that we all have to make a stand. There's a time to fight when others are running away. Amen? Amen? A lot of times when things happen, you turn around and you think you have backup and you look around and you're by yourself. Amen? Amen. It's the time to, well, what's the song says? It's the time to, to uh, uh, fold and walk away and to run. Amen? It was a great time of conflict we see here in Shema. Look at verse 23 and 11 one more time, Ryan. And after him was Shema, uh -huh. the son of Agi, the Herite, the Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. The Bible clearly tells us that the Philistines were attacking the people of God. It was a time of great conflict of the children of Israel. Notice what the Bible reveals about this time. When the enemy came, the verses of the Bible tells us that the Philistine people came and the people fled away. This lets us know that the enemy almost uh, most likely came during a time of the harvest. It was a time when most people were occupied in the business of getting their crops in. They would be busy working. They would not be prepared for war. This is just what we deal with today. Sometimes we get so busy with life, so busy doing the things or what's going on in the world. We get so preoccupied with current events, problems in our lives and distractions that we're not focused on the things of God. 
So we are left vulnerable. No one's watching the store. You see, the harvest time was a time of great joy. People are working hard to get their crops in the barns so they can rest from their labor and enjoy the fruits of their harvest. Their attention is so focused on what they're going to do, then they are not prepared to go to battle. When the enemy comes, he catches them unprepared and they are easily defeated. God wants his people to be prepared. He wants us or he has not left us without warning. First Peter chapter five, verse eight. Be sober, be vigilant. Be sober. We're not talking about being drunk and not. Be, we're talking about sober. He, what he's saying is, I want you you to be able to pay attention to what's going on around you. A lot of us are going through the world not paying attention to what's going on. We don't know the device, devices that the devil is using against us. He's distracting us and we're not even paying attention to what's going on. And he says, be vigilant. Mm -hmm. Be vigilant. Pay attention to what's going on. Amen? Because, because who now? Because your adversary. Hold on. First of all, you got to understand that he is your adversary. He is not your friend. Your adversary who? The devil. The devil. Keep going. Walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He walks around seeking who he may desire. I don't know about you, but I've always uh, watched these uh, movies, uh, these little clips about the animal kingdom. <laughs> and I noticed how the lion would see sit back and just watch as the wildebeest or whatever, the antelopes or whatever they were, were gathering a grazing together in a pack. Now when he got ready to come back, come up and the pounce on him, he always got that one that was what? Straggling behind. <laughs> That one that was always limping along, not paying attention. You know, everybody, you know, when the, most of them are sitting there, they're drinking water, they're looking around. But he's just looking up, whoa, look at the birds. Look at the trees. This is such a beautiful day. And before you know it, he got him. The same thing is about us. We're so preoccupied with all the things in the world that's going on that we're not paying attention and realizing that we are in a fight for our own soul salvation. Amen? Now, neither has God left us without an example. Look at Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. He tells us how to combat this. He tells us how we are to live our lives spiritually, how we should be paying attention he said, be vigilant and to be what? Sober. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 16 through 18, right? So it was, it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction, uh -huh. while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Hold on, they, they had what? They got spears, shields, bows, and wore armor. What they got all this stuff on for? Going to war. They got it. Going to war. They realize it. You know when it's time for us to. You know when they say peace is the time for you to prepare for war. Amen. Amen. That's why a lot of us get caught up when things start happening in our in our families start falling apart. I don't know about you. It seems like when things happen, they happen in threes. Somebody died, and you know somebody that somebody else getting ready to die. I don't know if it's something we made up or old people have told us, but it, it seems to be true. Amen? It seemed like, you know, it was soon. I'm going to tell you something. I got one ticket. I got another ticket. Then I got another one. I said, man, these things happen in threes, don't they? 
thank God for insurance and thank God for what you what a, a old line of what you got to do when you get your ticket removed and all that. Thank God for that. Amen. Thank God that I slowed down. Anyway. What I'm trying to say is that when things happen in our lives, they just don't happen. One thing happens, it's then they start getting compounded. This happens after this, after that. It don't have to be death. It can always, it can be something going on with, it, with your children, something going on with your parents, something going on in your neighbor, something going, it's always going to be compounded. But we have to realize that we have to stay vigilant. We have to stay sober. We got to be, we have to lean on God, but we have to prepare for battle. Amen? Amen. What it says now, Ryan, keep going. He said, verse 17 said, and, and those, those who build, build on the wall, wall and those who carry burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked that construction and with the other held a weapon. One hand. One of them they were working and the other hand they could, they could, they could, they could, they could walk and chew bubble gum. We got to be able to do what we have to do, but still be vigilant and pay attention, knowing that, you know what, the devil is looking around. Now, I'm working. I'm doing what I have to do to survive. I'm making sure that I take care of my family. I meet all my obligations. But you know what? I make sure that I take care of God. But you know what the thing is? I'm paying attention to what's going on around me. You're not going to catch me slipping. Amen? Man. They're going to walk up on me. We talked about that this morning. That's the reason why we're here to encourage one another. You know, to let me know what's going on. I don't fall for the okie doke. I don't believe in conspiracy theories. I don't listen to all that. My conspiracy theory is God. I believe just what God tells me. And I don't lean on anything else. It says lean not on what? On your own what? Understand. Understanding. Folk believe anything. You can tell I don't understand why folk can believe anything a man to tell them but can't believe nothing that God tells them. Isn't that something? Didn't the Bible say that there's going to come a time where they would turn away from sound doctrine? Now we're talking about the word of God but what he's talking about is talking about turning away from the truth. We'll, we won't believe the truth. We just can't believe the truth but we can believe anything that somebody makes up and put on the internet. And we will call that doctrine. Isn't that something? We as children of God will believe that and won't believe what God tells us to do? That's the reason why a lot of us are not prepared. Because we don't truly believe that Jesus is coming back. Amen? Amen. We don't believe that, you know what? We're going to have to answer, before, answer God for all that we've done, good and bad. Amen? Amen. Some of us believe that we're not going to die. We think because we're young. We think because we're young we're not going to die. We think only old people die. But you can go out there to the cemetery and you just look at some of those appetites and look at some of those dates on there. There's a lot of young folks out there too. Amen? Amen. Were they prepared? Were they ready? Amen? Keep going, Ryan. Verse 18. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Mm -hmm. Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people. That's all right. He says, let us learn to watch while we work, lest the enemy finds an inroad against us. Even while we do that which is good, we need to pay attention around for our surroundings. Why the enemy came? The enemy came to Israel for only two reasons. To inflict casualties and to destroy the crowd. Think about this. The Philistines knew that if they could wound the enemies and, and bring them to a place of hunger, they would easily defeat them and enslave them. So the soldiers would march through the fields, trampling down the crops and slaughtering all that stood in their way. The same is true concerning our enemy, the devil. He comes for those, for the same two reasons, to inflict casualties and to destroy the crops. 
Listen to what I'm saying now. He attacks us so that he might weaken us, that we will be easier to enslave us. I want to let you know a secret today. The devil and the world don't mind us having church down here. They don't mind us singing. They don't mind us preaching. They don't mind anything that we do. However, when we decide that we're going to get serious about serving God, then trouble will come. The devil will attack us when we pray in a fervent spirit. He will attack us when we start to praise the name of the Lord in this place. He will attack us when we decide that we will be just like the first century church. When we decide that we're going to stand for the Lord, look out. Trouble is on the way. As long as we're doing nothing, we are no threat to the devil at all. But just like the few people down at the house of God get excited about Jesus, look out, the enemy will invade our pea patch and he will try to stomp down our crops. Now look at what the enemy found. This verse tells us that when the enemy came, all the people fled before him. When the enemy found that there was no opposition, they would march into the field and the people would flee in terror. Sounds like the church today, doesn't it? Things will be going along fine and the devil will stir up trouble. He'll have used someone in the church to start some kind of ruckus. It just happens that 99% of the people in the church flee from the scene of the battle. No one wants to take a stand. After all, we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I want you to know that this is the reason many churches are falling apart today. No one has the courage to stand up against the attack of the enemy and say, by the grace of God, you will not destroy this pea patch. My friends, we are engaged in the great, greatest struggle that we had ever known. God is working to reach the world for his namesake, and the devil is fighting him every step of the way. All the while, God has placed his church in the world to be a light for, for the God's glory. And many times we won't even take a stand to protect what the Lord or which the Lord has given us. God gives us some, some, some who will take a stand for him and his church. This is exactly what the Philistines found when they came to Israel this time. Because it was not the only time of great conflict, but also we see it was a time of great courage. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 12 again. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought He stationed himself. Mm -hmm. He stood. The Bible tells us Shammah stationed himself in the middle. He stood. He resolved in his heart that he would fight for that pea patch. He made up in his mind that he would not run away from the battle. Maybe he had run before, but he was not going to do it this time. Today he would stand and he would fight, even if it cost him his life. You see, Shammah knew that there was something worth fighting for. So it is for our homes as well as the church. We could just stand back and watch our homes and church go the way of the world. We could just run away and hide while the enemy tramples everything that we love under his feet. Or we could decide today that we will make a stand. We should make up our minds that we are tired of seeing the devil hinder the work of God. We can resolve in our hearts today that there are some things that are worth fighting for. Why did Shammah fight? He knew that without food the people would perish. He knew that the people had to eat and that they were going to eat. The field had to be defended. I'll say it again. Shaman knew that there was something worth fighting for. Let me suggest a few things this Lord's Day that will that is worth fighting for. The church, the loss, the word of God, 
old-fashioned praying, preaching, and praising the Lord, clean living, a reputation of the church, our families, and young people. These things are so important that we are literally, or they are literally worth dying for. Where are the shammers that will stand up and fight for God? Shammah's re reward. The Bible tells us Shammah slew the enemy of the people of God because he fought, he enjoyed a great victory. If he had run away like the others, he would have been a coward and he would have been defeated easily. The enemy would have prevailed. Friends, we must take a stand for the things of the Lord. We must take a stand for the things or which is right and which is important. If we don't, then who will? If we who complain, or com I'm sorry, who claim to love the things of God don't take a stand and fight for what we believe in, then, we'll, then when these things are lost, we have no reason to complain. Think about this. I want you to look at this in retrospect. They came in and they trampled the crops. No one took a stand. Now, we have people that will go and fight against the word of God. We have people that say that the word of God is not true. We have those out in the world that have never, ever heard the word of God. Now, if they trample the word of God and we have people out there that have never heard it, how will they hear it? We take it to them. We have to. But if we're running away, how are they going to get it? When we're defeated, how are they going to get it? Now, they already, they're defeated. We ran away because we're cowards and they are going to be enslaved because they never heard the word of God. Do you see, do you understand what the story is about? The story is not only about, about the Philistines coming in and taking over uh, of God's people. It's talking about the church. It's talking about us taking a stand for God's things. See, we, what I talked about earlier this morning, we make a stand on everything in the world. I'm standing for this, for these rights. Everybody believe that they're rights are going to be taken away from you shouldn't have any rights you have no rights because first of all I'm a child of God see the thing is being a child of God is not a democracy it's not a territory you know we, we don't live under those rules we live under a monarchy we have a king we're subject to the king. But see, what the thing is, the world has clouded our mind and our judgment so much, we think that we have a right to say this. Is like, no, you don't have a right. I follow under the rule of the king. If that was not so, that's the reason why you have denominations. Because I speak for who? Early? I speak for God. I'm a heralder for the king. How many times have you heard me say that? Before this sermon. I understood that, what my calling was. I speak where God speaks, and when God's quiet on it, I'm quiet on it. I don't have an opinion. Amen. When I start having an opinion, then I start trying to have a church. Amen. If God didn't say anything about it, I have nothing to say about it. If God is staunch on it, I'm staunch on it. No, we can't do that. We can't accept that. This why? Because, no, that's not Brother Copeland said. No, that's what God said. We have, too many, we have too many cowards now in the church. Amen. Won't stand on the word of God. I'm not saying that you have to do things and you have to do it in a way that runs people off. You can do it out of love, but it's certain things that, you know what, we cannot accept. It's unacceptable. Amen? Amen? But because we don't spend time in God's word, you know what we do? We fall easily. Remember what I said about the word of God is your sword. You see what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah shows you God is giving you that example. Is that I can work and I can also defend at the same time. Yeah, I'm laying these bricks, but I'm watching you. 
Matter of fact, you know what? He said that he has half of them was to look out and other ones work. God has already done it for you here. He's giving you leaders to look out for your souls. What do you think the job of an elder is to do? To look out for your souls. Some people will fight the, fight the elders. Now, 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 some elders need to be fought. Amen? If you're not right, you're not doing your job, you need to be replaced or set down. Amen? Amen. And if an elder listens to this and they have a problem with it, call me. You know what? My number's easy to be found. I'll tell you. And you know that's the job of the preacher as well. If you're not doing your job, you need to sit down. Amen? Because we got to be serious, family. We got to be serious about this. See, you know what we've done? We've made the turn the church, the church into a resort, into our own little country club, where we come in and we get things to, to make us feel good and then let us get through. You know, we got so much going on inside the church, and it is less teaching, less Bible. We need more Bible and more teaching. Unless everything else, we don't need these other things. We need to worry about the whole man. We don't worry about the whole man. We need to worry about the soul. The soul. Strengthen the soul. Mature the soul. Mature the man. That part. If we can do that, then you know what? That, that's the reason why you have cowards, because you're scared because you're by yourself. But you realize that if you're with Christ, that you're never alone. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How can I be strengthened through Christ? Through the word of God. The word of God. And I realize I'm not by myself. And when I am by myself, I'm not alone. You stand on the word of God, you shouldn't be scared. You should make your stand. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to make your stand pop alone. By yourself. I preach in, I preach in all different places. And sometimes I had amens coming left and right. And sometimes I had people look at me and didn't say a word. Didn't speak to me on the way out. Now they sent me a text later on. Because they didn't want to say amen in front of their friends. Ain't that something? But did it stop me from preaching the word of God? Mm-hmm. No. Because am I trying to do that to please them or to please God? Please God. You please God. Don't worry about all that other stuff. Don't worry about that. Let God be your focus of what we're doing. It was a time of great conquest. We're talking about Shema. Look at 2 second, second, uh, Samuel chapter 23, verse 12. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. Okay, okay, hold on, Ryan. I saw something. I just, I just came into it. He stationed himself in the middle of the field, right? So he stood. We get that. It said he defended it. He doesn't stay there. Some people be right there, but they ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> you, you get that? See, I'm, I'm, I want you to understand something. The words in the Bible are there for a reason. He said he stationed himself. It didn't say he stationed himself and killed. He stationed himself and he what? Defended it. You're coming here, what are you doing? Coming here. You ever hear somebody say, well, I went, to, I went to school there. You went there, did you do anything? Did you get anything out of it? I went there. It's, a, it's, another, it's one thing to go there, but did you do anything? Amen? See, the thing is, we think now, because you know what? Listen, when I was a kid, you had first place, Sylvia, second place, and third place. You know what you got for fourth place? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Try again. But you know, now, oh, little Jimmy didn't get one. Little Johnny didn't get one. You know, little Marquise didn't get one either. He came in sixth place. <laughs> Try harder. <laughs> 
No, we don't do that. You have to do something. You can't just come here and think you're going to make it to heaven. We got to do something. We got to be a part of the ministry. We got to support what's going on in the church. We got to do our part. When the basket comes, we all have to give back to God, which he has prospered us. We have a part to do. Amen. You're not going to sit down there, well, you know what? Hey, I tell you what, I look around now, Brother Powell puts a lot of money in the church, so I, I, you know, he can take care of me too. We, we, he don't take care of us. You don't take care of me. I don't take care of you. And let me tell you another thing. If me and Tabitha are both working, Tabitha has a part to play it too. Amen. 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 Now every now and then I tell because I'm preaching, I don't have to have my water on. I said, did you put my money in there? Did you put my offering in there? I put mine and that's all. Oh, boy, here we go. Here we go. He defended it and killed the Philistines. He didn't watch them. He didn't hide from them. He was stationed there. You're stationed. Where are you stationed at, church? Come on, all together. Grapeland Church of Christ. This is where you're stationed at, right? Are you, are you truly with us here? God placed you here, but why are you over there? Your body's here with us, but your mind is on what? Y'all know who we Amen. Amen. I know what y'all been listening to. Now... We see here, he defended it and killed Philistine. He did something. Mm -hmm. He did something. He tried to do something. Some of us sit here and haven't done nothing. Anytime something's going on, you know, we can't hear from you. you don't, no one says anything. He killed him. Now, first of all, the hell ain't for me to kill him. I got to have a sword. What, I'm going to kill somebody. I'm going to kill a whole group of people with what? With some bees? Get out of here. Fighting them hand to hand, I can't do it. You get you a sword. You can cut some people up, ain't you? Can't you? Amen. It goes right back again with that sword. The sword got to be sharp. Amen. It got to be sharp. It got to be able to cut something. Amen? Amen. You can't come in there and say, Jesus warded off the devil with scripture. You can't get up there and fight and say, Jesus loves you. Yeah, I know he loved me. No, you, gotta, you have to have some feeling behind it and some spirit, and you got to have some kind of conviction behind it as well. Amen? Mm -hmm. He said, and he killed him, he says, so because he did that, the Lord brought about a great victory. Because he did that, because he did what? Because he was stationed there, mm -hmm. because he defended it, and because he killed Philistines, because he did that, so the Lord brought a great victory. He gave Shammah the ability to stand. He gave Shammah the ability to the power to fight. He gave Shammah the skill to win. He gave Shammah the victory over his enemies. See, the thing is, God's waiting for us to do our part. Remember what I said this morning? We have to fight. Now, if Shammah wouldn't have been stationed there, would God give him a victory? How can this church grow if I'm over here? So when I, when y'all ask them, when people's asking me that stupid question, are uh, you gonna come? How the church gonna grow if I still stay off in in, 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 in Fresno? It can't, unless y'all gonna give me a helicopter like they have in big churches and let me fly back and forth, <laughs> huh? I remember Johnny, brother, brother Johnny Lane. You see him? He said, uh, he's gonna buy me a helicopter, buy me a plane, a jet. He said, but he didn't have no wings on it. He said, that's what for the wings. Johnny used to always tease me when I first got here. But see, the thing is, we have to be stationed. First of all, you got to go where God's sending you. Secondly, when you get there, you got to do something. And when you do something, first of all, you got to do it with the conviction that God gave you. And when you do those things, then He said, so you will have a great victory.
See, when we start doing things, when God wants us to do it or call us to do things and we don't do it, then you know what? It will never, ever be a victory. People don't realize that your blessings are where God puts you. God puts you right here and then you just get a little bit. You know what you do, Larry? You leave. You're going on to the next great thing. That's not how God works. He's told Abraham, get away from your family so I can bless you. Your blessings are over there, not over here. He didn't say, I'm going to bless you over here so you can go back. No, your blessings are over there. Then you know what? He might send you somewhere else, but you will know it's God that's sending you. You don't tell God, I want you to bless me over there. God tells you where you to go. See, we, we got it mixed up. Sometimes we think that the tail wags the dog. No, the dog wags the tail. Amen? Y'all get that over. Some of y'all here, I'll get that a little bit later. It was the same when David walked in the valley with Goliath. Think about this. David showed up. He didn't have to even go out there, did he? No. Got this man out there, this giant out there, but he went out there. But look what the king did. Shaking and scared. They ain't going out there. You going out there? I ain't going out there. But David, first of all, he, he had half the victory because you know what? He wasn't a coward. He said, I know I can't do it. I know but God's going to be with me. But you know the thing about this, the story we miss on that part is that God had already been getting him ready and training him. You think that was the first time that David ever picked up a sling? No. No. He was, he was defending the sheep. You don't think David the first time him go look for some stones? He, been, he know the right ones to get. But see, the thing is, long as he, God had him ready and prepared for it, but he had to step out and not be afraid. He had to be useful for God. He went out and you know what he did? He defended God's people. All of them back there. As a matter of fact, then he go get the king and say, won't you put on my armor? No, 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 no. See, now you want me to do it your way. This don't fit me. I ain't used to this. I'm not, God didn't train me to do it this way. God trained me to sit right there with just me and that sling and them rocks. That's all I need. That's all I need. And but see, you know what? When God gives you a good victory, God will use what they use on you for you to get rid of them. The same thing that they're using on you, what kind of sword did he use? Did David go out there with a sword? But when he knocked, knocked out uh, Goliath, what sword did, where did he get the sword from? He used his own stuff mm -hmm. on him. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15. And men take their stands because they are empowered by God. He gives the victory. When we face a spiritual battle of life, we need to remember that those battles of, are of the Lord's. Amen? Mm -hmm. One thing we can't get mixed up is that once we come out of these things, once we have won those battles, those battles are not because of what have I done, it was because of what God done. Only thing I've done if I've stepped up so God can do what? God can use me. God's looking for men to step up, to submit to his will, power, so he can empower. Before God can put anything in your bucket, you have to pour everything that's out of the bucket. Amen? Amen. See, the thing is, we want to keep what we got in the bucket and add to it. Now, it's not making Kool-Aid. God wants to fill us up with him. Amen? Amen? He wants to be completely of him. Now, look what it says in 2 Chronicles in verse 20 and verse 15. And he said, listen, all of you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. But the battle, don't be afraid or dismayed. 
because of this multitude. Don't worry about what you're seeing. Stop paying attention to the numbers. Don't worry about that. I'll take care of that. I just need you to make a stand. Stop looking around on numbers and how many people showed, how many people we had. It don't matter how many we had. He said, when three or more gather, two or more gather in my name, I'm in the midst. Amen? Amen? It don't matter. We can have 300 here. It don't matter. If God's presence is not here, it does not matter. The thing is, we need people to stand up. Well, it ain't number two of us. Well, you two stand. It's just me. If you stand in that pea patch, if you just defend that pea patch, God will give you the ability to have a victory. Amen. I need men to stand. I need women to stand. Stop looking around. Sometimes you're going to be by yourself. Sometimes you're going to be alone far as you're looking at your brothers and sisters, but God is going to be there with you. It says again that God brought him what? a great victory. Now, let me equate this to you. A lot of men are running from their pea patches at home. Listen, we have some households that have a bunch of problems. We got some, we got some families that are tore up. Don't run. Stand. Defend it. Let God give you the victory. Sometimes what we're doing, we're trying to do this. You didn't say that he ran around trying to get people and talking to people and telling people what was going on. It said that Shammah made up in his mind to stand. When I make up my mind to stand, I'm going to stand right here. I'm not going anywhere. I don't get on the phone and calling my mama, calling my sisters, telling them all my problems. I, went, I, made, I made a resolve to God that, you know what, I need your help. I'm going to stand. I'm going to be the man that you want me to be in my family. I'll probably be the, I'm probably the reason why it's messed up. But you know what I'm doing? I'm going to stand right here. I'm standing on the word of God. I'm letting God fix this. Give me the victory. I can't do it myself. So many men are being cowards and being ignorant instead of just standing and letting God be God and realizing that God brings the victory, not us. Some of us don't realize the problems that we're going through because you know what? Instead of calling on God, we've been calling on ourselves. Let God give you the victory. Just stand there. Stop telling everybody what you got to do. If you're the only one there, you're the only one there. If somebody has to be there, you know what, you're thankful for that, that's fine. But you know what, if they leave, they leave. My daddy might leave. Even my children might leave. But I got to answer to God, I got to stand. Because the only way I'm going to get a victory is that, you know what, I stand. Because if I run out there with them, I'm going to save them and I can't save myself. Ain't that something? Going out there. That's like me jumping off in water and I can't swim. How am I going to save them? No, no, no. You know, what, you know how the best way to save somebody? Is when they give up. It's when they give up. You know, say when somebody's drowning in the water, you know, the only way, best way you get them is to get them from behind. Or get them when they're giving up. Because when they're failing and you bring, they come on, they're going to pull you down too. Now we both need help. Amen? Now I realize that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you got anything out of the sermon this morning, is realize this. We got to stay in our pee, pee patch. Shema told us, just defend it. Just to show up and let God have the victory. But realize that the devil's coming over to destroy the pea patch because you don't realize if he takes away the word from us, if we don't study, if we don't cling on every word that is in the oracles of God, then we will fall. And if we fall, what's going to happen to the ones that's out there that haven't heard the word? They're going to be lost forever. Amen.